What's good, good people? This is Philip Beatty, the pastor of Hartford City Church, located at 15 Vernon Street in Hartford, Connecticut. I want to continue our daily devotional series today and be looking at 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 11, and carrying on through the end of the chapter, verse 24. We are going through 1 John and looking at ways that God is guiding us by the light of His truth to show us how to truly live. So for the encouragement today, I hope that this scripture encourages us all to live in the way that we're supposed to live. This passage is going to talk about living in love, which is what it means to walk in the light, versus living with hatred or bitterness in our heart, which is really walking in the darkness. So let's read from 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. In this first section, John is referencing a story that all of the Hebrews and Jewish people would have known very well. It's the story of Cain and Abel. They were the first two children of Adam and Eve, the very first people on the face of the earth. And they brought sacrifices before the Lord. And Abel brought a sacrifice according to how God had asked for the sacrifice to be brought and according to God's specifications, and God honored it. But Cain thought he could do his own thing, and he brought a sacrifice that was not pleasing to the Lord. So when he was rebuked by the Lord, he didn't take that too kindly. And he hated his brother because he felt like his brother was being favored by God and he was being left out or put aside by God. So in his anger, he murdered his brother. And so we see from the beginning that there's a connection between holding hatred in our heart and what leads to actually murdering, to taking another person's life. That's why it's so important that we keep a check on our heart and our attitudes Because even though they may seem like they're not that big of a deal, if we don't deal with them, they do grow and become a big deal. You see, sin begins as a desire or a thought in our mind and in our heart. But if we let it stay there long enough, it grows and grows and grows until it becomes something bigger than we ever imagined and could even cause us to do things that we never thought we would do. It's the seed of evil acts that is the sin that we must pay attention to in this day and time. For we want to avoid at all costs the violence that comes from the hatred that exists between peoples on this earth today. We need to understand that God has called us to love one another. And that means we need to put aside our feelings of jealousy, our feelings of inferiority, our feelings of being left out. We need to put aside our comparisons to others. And we need to understand that we are responsible before God for the actions that we make, for the choices that we make, for the things that we think and the things that we do. Also, we can learn from Cain to accept the Lord's rebuke. The Lord is not intending to hurt us, but he simply wants to point out in us the things that are wrong, the ways that we've fallen short of what his design and instructions are for us. So whenever we hear a rebuke, we need to understand if that rebuke is indeed from the Lord that we should take heed and make any changes we need in our life. Because again, whatever sacrifice we make to make those changes 
will only result in a greater benefit for ourselves. So as you seek the Lord, the Holy Spirit may convict you that certain things in your life are wrong. You may be reading a passage of Scripture from the Bible, and you feel like in reading it, it's challenging you to change what you think or what you do. You may even hear a sermon from a pastor, maybe even from me sometime, that says something or proclaims something that is difficult to hear, maybe difficult to receive, and you find your spirit wrestling with it, wanting to fight against it, wanting to justify yourself. That is the spirit of Cain that is in all of us. And it's what we need to deal with through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that not only would we begin to do the right things, but our heart and our mind would be changed so that we might become who God wants us to be. So again, really comes down to love. We need to live and think and act in love always. And of course, love can be easily misunderstood. And so the Bible gives us a clear definition of what true love, real love is all about. So we continue on in 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And this is how we know that we will belong to the truth. How we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And we receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave to us. So this section begins with a great definition of what love is. It's the example of Jesus Christ laying down his life for all of us. That idea of sacrificing for the good of others is what true love is all about. The Greeks had the term for love agape, and agape was the highest form of self-sacrificing, seeking the good of others kind of love. And then Pastor John, the apostle, gives us a practical way to know that that is the kind of love we are living in. That if we have the ability to help someone and someone needs help, that we should help them. If we're not moved with compassion towards those that need some kind of help, then we know that true love is not in us. Because it's not just a matter of saying, yes, I love you. Hey, sister. Hey, brother. I love you. Be well. It's not just a matter of that. It's a matter of doing things that show that we really love someone else. He goes on to talk about setting our hearts at rest in his presence. Kind of a strange phrase, isn't it? What exactly is he talking about this having confidence and knowing where we stand before God? Well, basically he's saying when we live in love, we can be confident that we are fulfilling God's law. We don't have to worry about God condemning us or rebuking us or being against us because when you live in love, when you do acts of love as God commands us to do, then you know that you are pleasing to God. Because... When we receive God's love, we receive his acceptance, we receive his justification, we receive forgiveness, we receive purification, we receive restoration. 
We receive righteousness. We receive the very life of Jesus Christ himself. And then Pastor John the Apostle goes on to say that we keep God's commands and do what pleases him. Therefore, we can have confidence when we bring our prayer requests before the Lord. And that is such a great promise that I hope each and every one of you takes with you today. And some people like to ask, well, what are the commands of God? You know, in the Torah, the law that was given to the Jewish people in the time of Moses, there were over 600 some commands that they had to follow. And today, many churches have a long list of rules and regulations to help people understand what it means to follow and obey God. And often these guidelines, these rules, this list of do's and don'ts are more based on the culture that we live in than on God's word. And even though they may be very specific instructions of what we should do and not do, we need to ask ourselves, what are they based in? Because if they're not based in the foundation of love, then they really have no meaning for us whatsoever. And I love that John in this passage goes on to explain exactly what the commands are of God. And he really says only two things, two things to keep in mind. So here it is. You want to know what God wants you to do? You want to know what God's will is for your life? You want to know what you should do and not do in order to be a good Christian? It simply comes down to this, friends. Hear the word of the Lord again. And this is God's command. Number one, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Faith is the number one thing that God wants us to do. Faith is the most important thing that God requires of each and every one of us. And number two, to love one another as he commanded us. That means I'm willing to lay down my life, whatever it takes for my brother and sister to have life. Friends, we strive so much in this world and this world can get so complicated. Today, let's remember to keep it real simple. We want to obey God believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded. There's not really much more I can say about that, except go out today or tonight or tomorrow or wherever you are and do those two things. And may God bless you and may his spirit and his presence guide you and be with you always. Amen.